0: The more I learned about Israelis and their like diversity, the more I understood that there's like a real chance of like reaching and understanding and uh, having peace.. <laughs>
1: Muhammad. i think you are the first Palestinian Hebrew student I ever had. Ah, for real, anjad. How did that happen? A Palestinian who wants to speak Hebrew.
0: Yeah, so, like, my story with Hebrew started a long time ago. Mm-hmm. As you know, I, I am from Jenin. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a small town there. It's called Burkin. It's right next to uh, Jenin camp for refugees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up there, like, during the Second Intifada, at the height of the Second Intifada. In 2000, I was five years old. And when the Israelis invaded Janine uh, and the surrounding areas in 2002, I was seven years old. So my, my story with, with Hebrew is that, like, I've always wanted to understand it because I had been seeing Hebrew writings everywhere, like mm. on everything, on many products, on many. And I could not even understand or read the letters. So that was very, very kind of annoying But usually
1: usually when you associate a language with violence and occupying people, you don't have an attraction to that. I mean, I can remember that it took me years to listen to German and not have this repelling feeling of the language. Even today, it happens sometimes, you know, because I heard so many... You know, German in Holocaust movies uh, throughout my childhood. Same thing with Arabic for me. For so many years, maybe most of my life, Arabic was a violent language. So how come that hasn't been the case for you with Hebrew?
0: For me, I've like I've never really seen a language as as something disturbing or something bad in, in its mm-hmm. own. I don't know how this separation happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as you said, like Hebrew uh, the Hebrew language was associated with Israelis and Israelis were associated with uh, violence and occupation. Mm -hmm. But for me, the the focus was how, like, why is that there? And I cannot understand it. And some other people can. In Janine, did you know people who
1: knew it, who worked in Israel or for different reasons uh, spoke the language or you don't remember?
0: no actually there are many people around me who spoke it uh Mm -hmm. two of my uncles spoke hebrew Mm -hmm. but i don't know like their proficiency level but they spoke it to a good extent and they could read the the letters my uh, my uncle who knows like the one who knows hebrew very well and he listens to the news in hebrew he was a prisoner in israel Mm -hmm. in the uh, like first intifada
1: Okay so you are like maybe maybe i have a different way of learning hebrew rather than going to the israeli prison to learn it <laughs>
0: <laughs> That would have been easier like if i yeah if i go to israel to an israeli prison for like one year i would yeah. Like have free education, to do you know. We Hebrew. always
1: we always hear about the <laughs> the Palestinian prisoners getting like doing their masters and whatever. Is this like a five star or what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. That would be like a free internship, you know. <laughs> exactly. So how was how but was your, how was your uncle's? Would be good.
1: How was your uncle's internship? What did he say about his time in the prison?
0: And what did he sit for, if I may ask? Um. I don't really, like, I've never asked him, why were you in Israeli prison? Because mm. he was a, um, like, prisoner after or during the first intifada. Mm. And at the time, like, most people were in prison. Like, my father got to prison, my other uncle, I have six uncles. Oh so God. at least half of them, if not more, went to Israeli prison. Oh, wow. So everyone was <laughs> at the time. I, re- I read some survey in the, at the height of the first intifada at least, like, one-third of the Palestinian adult male population were in prison. That's so So, like, in Israeli prison. So, like, everyone was in prison. Like, my father... Uh, but what I know about my family, they did not, like, uh, commit anything violent um, against, like, civilians. Mm. Like, my father went into prison because he was an activist against the, like, local authorities. Mm. So, like, Israel had... Um, you know local councils um, under its t- direction. Uh yeah. That's like the city council and the like the village council. It was like in the, at the height of the first intifada, there was no like uh, no Palestinian authority, so it that's was close. all like a, the civil administration. So my father was uh, an activist against the uh, like the practices of the local authorities. So he was like resisting the uh, bureaucracy of the occupation, but he w- has never been like uh, accused of uh, any violent attack, either against soldiers or against civilians. Yeah. And my uncles as well, as far as I understand, uh, they were kind of, you know, like writing on walls. And how did you feel about, you know, your father sitting in Israeli prison for being an activist? When my father tells me these stories about him like being in in israeli prison, it, to be honest, like growing up hearing these stories, I kind of like hated israelis yeah. and uh, hated Israel because like my father was doing something good, like why did you put him in prison? he yeah. was doing he was like fighting bureaucracy and he was not even involved in any- in any kind of violence like yeah. never um, oh, did anything violent?
1: Yeah, of course. And, and and what was it like? You mentioned the Second Intifada. What was it like growing up? How old, how old were you during the Second Intifada, uh,
0: and what were your experiences then? Like when the Second Intifada started, I was five years old, and like I, I was at the uh, primary school at the height of uh, that Intifada. We were living in uh, at our home. In uh, Burkine, I told you like it's uh, only three kilometers from Jenin, mm-hmm. and it's right next to Jenin uh, camp for refugees. Yeah, I think it's the one of the um, most like disturbing or difficult battles during the Second Intifada between the Israeli army and the like Palestinian. Uh, Militant. In
1: other words, there were many more terrorists coming from the Janine refugees camp?
0: Um, so it's like it was the capital of uh, suicide bombers. Oh. Like suicide bombers were coming from Janine camp for refugees. Have you like, known people who from this camp? <laughs> no, I, I never knew anyone personally who like... Uh, I, I knew people who committed uh, like who shootings... Like my mom was kind of like very protective of us that she would not take us to any to go to uh, throw stones or do anything. Like Palestinians might shame me for that, but I never threw a stone on an Israeli mm-hmm. vehicle. Mm-hmm. I was about to try once, You're but traitor. then I. <laughs> <laughs> what was that moment that you took the stone and then what? What stopped you? I was like, yeah, there was. I remember, like, going with my brother to the center of the town to, you know, buy something. And then there was two vehicles, like, two army jeeps going. And -hmm. they thought, oh, that's my chance now. (laughs) Like, there's no protest, nothing. But just to try the feeling, you know, everyone throws stones. So why wouldn't I? I held the, the stone and I wanted to throw it at the, like, at the army jeep. But then I thought, hmm, like, that's a bit too far away. Mm. So, like, I, I'm not gonna hit it. So I threw the stone on on the floor. Yeah. Okay. Oh, on the on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was, was your last me. attempt to throw a stone, and then. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But my mom was very like was very protective. She would not take us to any like where you have like strong emotions going. Like to funerals or anything. She, Was she my afraid mom would you would make.
1: go down the path of becoming a, a terrorist or, you know, or a freedom fighter? <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know which terminology to use. I don't, I,
0: don't think, I don't think, like, someone who kills, like, uh, civilians like that, you know, would should be called, a, like, a freedom fighter. Yeah. Violence is... I'll answer your question, but, you know, violence should be... For me, like, violence is okay, like, to achieve a political objective, but it must be, you know, studied, limited, and controlled, and to have, like, a clear, feasible objective. You can't yeah. just go, ah, like, Shaheed, let's go, like, bomb someone for no reason. Yeah. Even but what would you say so. to
1: many Palestinians who say, like, uh, you know, there is violence committed against us in a daily basis... Uh, and uh, like any people who were under colonization and occupation, who went against the colonizing power to achieve basic human rights and freedom and independence, the Palestinians also have the right to resist. What would you say to them?
0: Yeah, I, I believe that the Palestinians have the right to resist, like mm-hmm. 100%, to resist mm-hmm. the occupation. But... Um, I'm commenting on the violence part, because Mm. violence has been misused. Like every national movement that I know of, they used violence. They used political violence in order to push the uh, opposing power to give them rights or give them something. Okay, Like I think of Ireland, think of... um, uh, even like the Zionist movement, think of anyone. But the problem about violence in in Palestine, that it had it been overused, misused, and there was no moral framework for that. It's like, oh, go, whenever, wherever, whatever. And this is not okay. So w- where's the red line? Like, bombing yourself, no, but
1: throwing stones, <laughs> yes? Like, wh- wh- how, what? I I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, for me, you know, I couldn't tell... The that what the army does that I was part of of course mm. is violence as well and you know that just because it's an army it gives it a legitimacy or just because we call it a defense force and we don't see that it's an occupying force it gives it a legitimacy but that's also a lie you know so I'm very interested in, you know, how do people legitimize the resistance and the violence and violent resistance and, and to what
0: extent? To, to be honest, I don't know if this is like oversimplified, but I think that like Palestinians, because of the culture there, the Arab slash Islamic mm-hmm. culture, they like, they see... Israel and Israelis as a tribe, okay? Mm. So it's like us and them, okay? They are assaulting us, so we can assault them. Who are them? Everyone. Yeah. Who are us? Everyone. So they yeah. don't see it as, okay, like there's army, there's settlers. Because even if you look at internal Arab or like um, conflicts between... Arabic speaking people in in the Middle East, they don't have a problem with uh, making the whole group pay back. Yeah, the the differentiating between
1: uh, a soldier and and a citizen, or I don't know where a settler would be in this paradigm. But I'm interested in you saying, uh, referring to the Palestinians as they. And uh, I wonder why, because you are also a Palestinian. And I also notice sometimes when I'm referring to Israelis as they, and when I speak uh, deliberately as we, because you know
0: I am also. So why? <laughs> so, like I consider myself as, a, like a global citizen, let's say. Ezrach ha'olam gadol. ha'olam gadol. Muatin alami. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a global citizen. Mm-hmm. I kind of like disagree so much with like the general approach to to the conflict. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the conflict, I prefer to I am a Palestinian, okay? But when it comes to the conflict, I prefer to use the word they because mm-hmm. I don't agree with uh, much of uh, what the Palestinian people and, are doing or like and their political leadership as well. Yeah. I don't agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I also highly disagree with, uh, you know, when it was Bibi, the current one, Yair Lapid, you know, this whole uh, centralist line of, uh, oh, the, the mm. settlement, the new settlement, Itamar is bad uh, because it will risk our relationship with the United States. No one speaks about moral, you know, in this government, except for merits, of course. So going going a bit forward, uh, what made you change your perspective after you became angry uh, and understand what Isra- Israel and Israelis do to your uh, fellow Palestinians? What changed your perception again in, in any way?
0: There was a special emotional experience, I would say, that gave that a, um, a push, mm-hmm. that change of perspective is... Once uh, I went to the Jordan Valley, Mm -hmm. okay, where you have a lot of Israeli settlement activity Mm -hmm. and uh, like Israeli army activity. Mm -hmm. And I saw a group of Israelis from combatants for peace. Mm -hmm. And that was my first time meeting Israelis in other, in um, in um, non-military circumstances. Oh, it was shocking. Like, for me, I've learned that, you know, Israelis are, like, the other tribe. We are, like, Arabs, and they're Israelis. They're bad. Mm-hmm. And they want to take and steal land. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, generally, I've never heard of any Israel. I thought like they're all the same. Yeah. Okay, and then I saw these people, like, very passionate about helping Palestinians building their, uh, like, playgrounds and, yeah. uh, you know, helping Palestinian towns yeah helping people out i could not believe it like what is that like they saw that's not what i heard like i've never heard of israelis are one kind so i went there to like approach the group of people and then i asked them what like hello how are you what i was very curious Mm. like uh, where are you from and they said like oh we are israelis and the and they started explaining what the settlers do and what the occupation does i'm like what Mm. what the heck that's yeah. not what I learned. Yeah. Yeah. So I started following them on Facebook and I mm-hmm. saw that Israelis are like not one thing. There are different people, different perspective, different stuff and started reading more. And the more I learned about Israelis and their like diversity, mm-hmm. the more I understood that there's like a real chance of like reaching and understanding and... Yeah. Uh, having peace and stuff that i learned also made me empathetic with Mm -hmm. with israelis Mm -hmm. like we have always learned at school that israelis are european settlers yeah okay they came from europe they occupied palestine and kicked us out Mm. that's what it is yeah but oh no like half of israelis came from arabic speaking countries yeah they lived there for centuries why did they leave because uh, like one of the main reasons because of like pogroms and uh restrictions imposed unjustly on them by uh, Arab national governments. right, and they made them like what is it, is like so this is yeah, it's, it's not and what do it's you think what I is, it it's, was. and what, and what do you think exposure to
1: different kinds of Israelis, like the ones you made in combatants for peace? can help uh, Palestinians uh, and Israelis in the long term
0: yes of course it's absolutely important and you know why Mm -hmm. because it's kind of um, it's kind of um, cracks Mm -hmm. the like the traditional Arab mentality that Mm -hmm. other people are seen Mm -hmm. as a as a tribe I might be oversimplifying here but When you, like I noticed there's a trend that I noticed in Palestinian news. Mm. So you remember like a month ago, the Israeli left-wing activists, they went to um, somewhere near Hebron or Jordan Valley Mm -hmm. and they got assaulted by settlers. Yeah. Right? And they burned two cars. Mm -hmm. So I went to see how is that covered in Palestinian news. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And our main news channel is called Man. Mm-hmm. Man News Channel. Mm-hmm. And they I saw a statement from the Palestinian Prime Minister condemning mm-hmm. the settler assault on foreign um, activists mm-hmm. and Palestinians. He did not like the statement did not mention Israelis. Yeah. In Palestinian news. What I noticed is like this trend is they don't really give credit to like, Israelis who stand against the occupation. Like, in yeah. some cases, yes, but in mostly they try to avoid. Like, yeah. because this kind of cracks, like, the Palestinian traditional understanding is, like, that's, like, the bad tribe. Yeah. If if you tell someone, that oh, they are good Israelis, they are bad Israelis, they are... Like uh, I can't do anything like we stop functioning you yeah, know? yeah how how do I treat them then you're making it too difficult for me yeah it's it's
1: uh, it's easier to maintain uh, bad guys, bad people uh bad people, good people uh perpetrator, victim mentalities, right yes, yeah uh, yeah as much absolutely. As, yeah. Uh, So let's just finish by going back to your Hebrew. So you're really improving with your Hebrew. I wish my Arabic would be as good as your Hebrew. Uh, It's not. Uh, Where do you want to get with your Hebrew? Being being fluent for what reasons? What are you going to do with all this Hebrew?
0: (laughs) Okay, so my plan with Hebrew is I want to be super fluent. Mm -hmm. And I think the main objective now is to sit and see how things are going to um turn out mm-hmm. because i think we're going to live for at least like another 50 years and i want to see if we're going to become like two states one state how is things are going to look like from a hebrew speaking perspective as much as i want to see from like an arabic speaking perspective yeah yeah
1: It's amazing. And I love, uh, you know, having uh, Palestinian students who just see the future in any type of coexistence, whether it will be, you know, two states, confederation, one state, whatever. And in the end, the languages is also a way to be part of that change. uh, Because otherwise, you're just uh, speaking to
0: your own people only. So... uh, Exactly. Exactly. And we have more in common that we have... Not in common, yeah. But unfortunately, a, we don't speak a common
1: language. Of course, it's 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 impossible to see the similarities if we don't even speak the same language. And and who knows? Maybe you know, uh, Holland is bilingual, uh, Switzerland is bilingual, and other countries. Maybe Israel and Palestine will be one day bilingual as well.
0: Yes, yes. Um, Inshallah, what I can say is. Inshallah, bezrat Hashem. Bezrat Hashem. Bezrat Hashem. <laughs> okay, Muhammad. So
1: thank you for uh, giving me uh, your time and to be able to learn more about uh, Palestinian dissidents. So yalla, tuda rabba ve
0: liitraot. Tuda matan
1: The Galilee, the
0: Algeria, the